Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name's John. And I'm Kevin. That's Kevin over there. Uh, welcome to your weekly download of Australian trivia, knowledge, and uh, general information. Culture. Culture. Yes. Good time. Yeah. John. Yes, Kevin. My girlfriend joined a gym this week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I applaud her the effort. It's uh, something that I did a while back and gave up on, but uh, it sounds like it's going well for her so far. But uh, the sign-up process was really, really not what I was expecting. Uh, okay, so it sounds like you have a story here, Kevin. Please. I do have a story. I was at work, and uh, I knew that Jess was going in to sign up to the gym, and I get a call in the middle of the workday, and it's uh, this guy from the gym, and he says, Jess gave me your name. Uh, we've got some great deals for partners. Why don't you come on down for a workout and you can check out the facilities. So, I, what do you do? Well, I, with an amazing offer like that, I just kind of quit my job and head straight <laughs> down there and say, where do I sign up? Yeah, I sort of said, well, you know, I might, I might come and have a look. And he goes, okay, well, I've got uh, plenty of time this afternoon. When would you like to come down? And so I had to say, well, look, I'm at work. I really can't come down this afternoon. In fact, I'm busy all during the week. Um, and he goes, okay, great. What time would you like to come in on Saturday? God, all right. He's yeah. pretty pushy. Pretty and, keen, yeah. Would you, yeah. Like, would you like toast with that? So, you know, I got a bit annoyed and I said, look, I, I'm at work. I really can't decide right now. Um, I'll, I'll call you, basically. Don't call me. I'll call you. And he said, can I call you on, on Friday night and we'll work out a time on the weekend? And I said, okay, fine. We'll do. Um, and made secret plans to have my phone somewhere far away from me on Friday night. As you do. Nowhere along this uh, story. Did you ever think to say, uh, no? I'm or... happy with my fat blobby self. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but anyway, I got home that evening and uh, had a chat to Jess about her experience because she was actually there dealing with the guy. She didn't have the phone buffer. And uh, it, it turns out he's even more... Um, pushy or or you know on top of you in person so kevin let's get this straight is he really excited because he's... well first of all i have to say he has an irish accent a thick irish accent okay yes well look you know there's idiots everywhere yeah. um but but listen what i want to know about him though is apart from the fact that he's irish yes yeah. is, is he just after the commission maybe he really just believes in gyms i would like to think that you know he was really gung-ho about the fitness but um if he is, he's been well-trained not to mention fitness at all because in all of this stuff, he didn't say anything about them having good facilities or good classes or they have a great record of getting people in shape. No, no, it was all about the money, the savings, uh, and, and yeah, it was all pressure sales. He, when Jess got there, he sat her down and she had, she had come in because she had heard about an offer that they had a dollar a day for, for the month of June. So, yeah, great. Like, I mean, most gyms charge like, I don't know, like $40 a week or something like that. And this was a dollar a day. She could get a whole month for $30. It sounds too good to be too true. Too good to be true. And as it turns out, it was because she came in and said, right, I'm ready to sign up for this uh, dollar a day thing for this month. I'll try it out for the month. And if I like it, I'll stay. Actually, you know, she was planning to do the gym hopping thing and keep finding great deals at each gym and try and keep moving in so they couldn't pin her down to a contract. But anyway, 
He says, right. Uh, yeah, that offer is only available with a full year membership. Oh, I see. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's uh, $35 a week um, for a full year, but for the first month, it's only a dollar a day. So, so what happened then? Did she sign Well, she up went, or? well, look, that's a little beyond my price range. So they started haggling, as you do in a used car lot. Not necessarily in a gym, but in a used car lot you do. <laughs> in, in this day and age, you yeah. do in a gym. So, so the, the contract was like, uh, uh, look, she, she said, I really can't afford that. And he goes, well, by any chance, are you a student? And she said, yes, I am. And he goes, oh, great. Well, we can give you a student discount. Oh, my God. What luck. Yeah, exactly. Never mentioned it before. It's not on any of the paperwork. It's just one of those things that you can pull out of the back pocket to try and sell you. So... Great. She gets $5 off for being a student per week. And uh, then she's like, mm, it's still a bit high. Um, listen, I see here on your contract that you want to charge me $10 a week or whatever it was for uh, two personal trainer sessions. Now, I have a friend who's a personal trainer. So maybe, you know, I could get her to help me out and I wouldn't need the personal trainer sessions. And the guy goes, ah. Well, we don't normally do that. Tell you what. Can you guess what he said next? Let me do you a favor. Oh, very close. Think more used car lot. Have I got a deal for you? (laughs) How about, I'll just check with my boss. Oh, right. So there's there's a higher authority. There is a higher authority, supposedly. This higher authority is never seen. He steps out of the room and shuts the door behind him. And I'm expecting goes and gets a cup of coffee while Jess sits there and Wait, and he oh, but he did the he did the he he had another technique, which was if I go ask my boss and he approves it, will you sign on? Because he doesn't want to get trapped into this endless cycle of of discounts, right? So she goes, yeah, I think I could just scrape by uh, on that deal if if we can you know eliminate this fee. Yes, yes. So he goes, I'll go just go check with my boss, and five minutes later returns you know looking like he's just been you know harassed and 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 shouted at and says well he wasn't too happy but he's willing to do it just this once yes i had to box size him <laughs> i had to box size him into right. submission yeah, exactly i took him over to the machines and gave him what for anyway long story short yes she got the discount but yeah it was just this whole series of things that you know I'm sure that if she had kept guessing what the discounts were, she could have gotten it down to her dollar a day for a year. Because as far as I could tell, there was no limit they weren't willing to go to to get you roped in. But uh, they weren't going to tell you about any of these things in advance. So, like, you know, if you're a student and you come in and you go, I want to sign up, they don't tell you about the student discount. You have to actually complain before they'll give you any. Listen, I think it's disgraceful. Uh, And the reason why I think it's disgraceful is that um, Australia has the honor of being second um, in the world, um, second to America in the world for um, um, the obesity stakes. Whoa. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, seriously. Um, Australia is the second fattest nation in the world, and, and, and we're proud of it. And, but don't we uh, do well in sports? It's And doesn't America do well in sports? I suppose you're yeah, right. Yeah, it's this bizarre thing. Mm. Um, and it's I'm sure, a, countries of extremes. Yeah, I'm sure we could have a whole episode about it, you know, of, you know, kind of the the way that the nation is perceived through its kind of sporting pro, um, skills and then the way the nation really is. But Australia is the, the second fattest nation in the world. And maybe, maybe 
it might be due to the fact that whenever you kind of say I'm going to get off the couch and go down to the gym it's just such an ordeal having to put up with high powered you know lying manipulative <laughs> um, Irish salesmen you know and it, you know I, I, I think that's the problem yeah well the icing on the cake of this story even after Jess signed on Friday evening comes around and sure enough they try and call my phone and sure enough I've completely forgotten about it but luckily my phone was in a drawer by my bedside table and I was completely in the other room I had no idea they were calling me so I missed their call but what did they do they called Jess and said hi Jess we're trying to get in touch with Kev he said he'd like to get a call from us on Friday evening to see about making an appointment on the weekend and now Friday evening, I was making dinner and rather badly sliced my finger. And, and so, you know, I've, I'm in no state to be lifting things or, or pushing up or anything like that. So I right away was out of the running. And she goes, look, he's done himself an injury. He's probably going to take a week or so to heal, and then we'll give you a call. And they go, no problem at all. Why don't you have him come in anyway? We'll sign him up, and we can put his account on hold for free so that when he heals, he can activate his account and he'll be ready to go. And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh, okay, why would we want to do that? They're, they're irrepressible. irrepressible. Kevin, I think, yeah. I think you know, um, I think you're too mild-mannered. I think you've got to be a bit aggressive. Yeah. And you've really got to, you yeah. know, kind of lay it out to them and just yeah. say, no, you... Tell you, that Irish you, bastard what You for. oily bastard, you. Oily. Yeah, yeah, you know... Um, Leave me yeah. and my family, uh, well, you know, my yeah. girlfriend alone, and I don't want anything to do with you again. You know, just be aggressive. You know, take it out on them, because um, it's the only language they'll understand. Okay. You know, and um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, come to Australia and um, <laughs> get you know, fit. Uh, <laughs> try and join a gym because I'm sure, I'm sure, if you can just get past the haggling stage, uh, you'll have a great time in the gym. But by the way, has she actually been to the gym yet? She has. She she's gone all this weekend. And she's been wonderful. The, happy with the service. So yeah. Once you can get over the, it's gauntlet, just the guy at the door. Yeah, yeah, hell, um, yeah. So come to Australia and pre- prepare to haggle and then become fit. Mm. Yeah. Right, so Kevin. Um, I I want to do an extended segment today, okay? Mm. You know the way um, I, I like this show to be a cultural exchange mm. and we have kind of Dinkum Aussie history. We keep trying. Yeah, we do try. <laughs> we have Dinkum Aussie history. We have uh, kind of talking Australian. And we have the Australian Survival Guide. Uh, this week I'd like to do an extended segment. I want to go through the four major uh, classifications of modern Australians. Oh, phew. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to try and... Get me to talk Australian while wrestling in crocodile and crocodile and, and, and singing a bush ballad. Well, that's coming up next week. Uh, but no, actually, Kevin, look, I'm quite prepared to drop uh, this whole segment I've got. <laughs> no, no, let's go ahead. No, yours sounds better. <laughs> no, please. Uh, no, um, so this is the, uh, broad uh, classifications, but you can essentially push um, all Australians into one of these boxes. All right. right? Um, so I'm going to start off with the first group. Of Australians, so we're talking broad generalizations, types of Australians. Yeah, we're being stereotypical here, okay? Because yeah. yeah, when I first arrived in Australia, I expected them all to be just like you know, crocodile Dundee. Yes, exactly. Or Steve Steve Irwin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, Steve Irwin wasn't around when I first arrived, so it was crocodile Dundee, and I was really surprised because you know, 
my dad's boss who who met us at the airport because we were moving here for my dad's work originally and he he was a true blue thick uh, i couldn't understand a word he was saying and i thought wow we're really in for it we're here for at least three years and i'm not going to be able to understand anything anyone says it's all over it's like moving to ireland really yes it is basically all over yeah (laughs) but uh no it turned out there were plenty of people who you know i could barely detect their accent in some cases it's it's quite a range yeah and look actually just um, so what's our first category um, yeah all right well let's start we'll start with beach okay Okay. well (laughs) i know what you're talking about here right talking about the blonde haired surfy guy yeah you know what i mean lives on the beach uh lives you know australia is uh an island Mm. okay it has the most coastline of the entire world no it must be maybe most beaches most beaches not most canada's canada's got the claim on most coastline frozen tundra and stuff like that but yeah but essentially australia is 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 girt by sea and is you know <laughs> surrounded by sand that was a uh, a a direct pull from the australian national anthem yes girt by sea mm. but but anyway so so beach is the first classification and this is what people are most familiar with well this is when when you go on holiday in australia these are the people you see you, you go, go to beach resorts. lie on the beach and you see people whose lives are on the beach you know it's very obvious the people without the tans who are you know you know, shifting uncomfortably, trying to get the sand out of their bathing suits, and the people who are career beach people. You yeah. know, they have the tanned bronze skin. They all walk around in their bathing suits all day, every day, rain or shine. No shoes usually. Yeah, thongs or yeah. flip flops or whatever they're called. Yeah, and they Scuffs. have the bleached blonde hair from the sand, salt water. Yep, yep. yep. That's so, so. That's your first classification. Typically. Um, like the, the one other thing I have to say about the beaches in Australia is that it's very interesting in Australia because if you go to somewhere like Europe and Spain and uh, kind of the Italian coastline, French Riviera, it's very, very built up and very, very developed. Whereas in Australia, um, because the population is so small, you will literally get these um, beaches that go for for. for tens of kilometers before you hit a town there's yeah lots of secluded coastlines yeah still. and you the characters that you will find there will be you know quite often surfies or uh people that are into long uh what do you call it it's, it's fishing with the very very long rods i think they call it surf fishing okay yeah i think i think that's what they call it it's like fly fishing and only with yeah waves. pretty much <laughs> with like massive long long rods so it's not just surfing there's other kind of beach pursuits and there's also sailing as well too mm-hmm. so that's the the first australian okay the the beach australian all right the the second australian that I want to introduce to us is the uh, the city australian no okay. a little little less known yeah, and um, so I want to go from the two extremes. This is the inner city Australian. Um, so you have large cities, uh, Melbourne being one of them, which mm-hmm. is where we're coming from today. You have Sydney and, you know, places like uh, Perth and Brisbane, uh, Adelaide that are quite large as well too. But so, I mean, what I would guess is that the city Australians would be the, the least different from the rest of the world. They would be very in touch with global culture and, and they're the ones... Becoming Americans, as it were, you know, yeah, they yeah. eat the McDonald's, they drink the Starbucks. But also, well, yes, you do have that. But I'd say the kind of McDonald's and the Starbucks are probably the third category, which I'll get into in a oh. second. Okay, when I say the wannabe, when I when I say city Cities. Australians, I'm I'm actually saying inner city Australians. Okay, okay? so these are the ones that are predominantly are kind of young professionals. Mm. They're the ones that have gone to university. 
they they drink their coffee but they're not really into starbucks coffee they're more into kind of uh the italian espresso yeah the coffee that the because we we had a big italian influence in australia in the 50s so like before starbucks came along um like australia was well and truly into coffee but it was inner city australia uh these people are jokingly referred to as wearing black quite a lot yeah you know what i mean they're into um, something like um, experimental theatre or they're into <laughs> um, uh, kind of art shows, you know, they're music very, appreciation. They're very early adopters of technology as yep. well. Australia is famous for that. There are a lot of cases where um, you know technology companies who want to launch a new technology, um, rather than launching it, say, in the United States where you know all the money is and uh, the problem is that they're quite reluctant to jump on a, a new technology whereas in Australia they can come here have a have a smaller focus group if you will launch something in a major Australian city and and have a big uptake of it right away cell phones are a perfect example i mean all over the world now uh, all you know young up and coming uh, professionals have a cell phone but uh, australia was really one of the first countries to to really embrace the cell phone whereas in the united states the uh, the the pocket pager was uh, what really stuck on and you can see this in in you know the all the medical drama tv shows that are that came out of the united states all of the doctors always had pagers right. which is really true to life even yeah. after cell phones were widely available yeah yeah all the doctors still had pagers because they, they weren't really willing to jump on the the new technology okay no, i find that quite yet. interesting actually i didn't know that whereas australia it was cell phones everywhere you 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 can't even get a pager in Australia no, nowadays. No, no. Almost, uh, yeah. So, so that's so that's the 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 second group, the city, the inner city Australians. Mm. They're the ones that are going to be driving some sort of kind of uh, European car. Um, you know, let's say like a, if they can afford it, a Mercedes or something like that. And, <laughs> and not all of them are, are rich either. Some of them. You're um, making me feel inadequate. Yeah, some of them won't be rich. They will essentially, but they will be into kind of like the fine arts. They'll be into theatre, and they they might even have a car. They might have a bicycle or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the second group. They might the, have a podcast. They might have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's the second group, the inner city Australians. Okay. The third group are what I would call the suburban Australians. So what you have is with Melbourne, okay, um, and Sydney and the other cities around Australia, the other large ones fall into this pattern. You essentially have this inner city uh, that was literally a seed that was planted maybe 150 years ago. It started from this nucleus and it's grown out. And John, I don't think that's an Australian thing. I think they have suburbs all over the world. Well, the thing is with with the, with the Australian suburb, it's literally like you do have this kind of um, kind of egg yolk in the center of the inner city, and then around the outside you have this white, but then the, it doesn't join up with another kind of area next to it. Between Melbourne and Sydney, you've got like a thousand kilometers of nothing. Okay, know? so what you're saying is in the densely populated regions of the world, you have city, suburb, 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 city, suburb, suburb, suburb. Yeah, Where, whereas in Australia, you have these little islands. city, suburb, desert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. So you, you, so you have kind of like the inner, let's say, five kilometers of Melbourne is that kind of inner city Melbourne, mm. right? And then around that, you've got maybe about 20, 25 at kilometers least, yeah. at least of of s- suburb, yeah. right? And th- this is where the second group lives, okay? And like it's broad, broad classifications so they outnumber the city dwellers definitely yeah yeah so look i am making a broad it's just waiting for them to realize that they are you know they are the dominant um you know species and just 
overrun the city. It's yeah. all over. But yes, the suburbs are big houses. Uh, it's dominated by highways. It is absolutely ruled by the car. And the car is kind of how you live in the suburbs because the distances are so vast. You have yeah. to drive around. And it's, yeah. a big, it's a big initiation when you live in the suburbs to turn 18 and get your license. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big thing in this landscape is shopping centers and shopping towns. They, 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 they are the suburbs, essentially. The suburbs are highways, uh, large houses, and shopping towns. But what are the centers. people like in the suburbs? Well... Like this, the, the, there's been many kind of Australian comedies over the last few years that have taken the Mickey out of the, the suburbanites as being kind of very, very into commercial fads and uh, being into fashions. So the McDonald's and Starbucks, as the you McDonald's and the Starbucks, um, they're into kind of whatever kind of naff piece of clothing that happens to be this year's fashion. They will be into it, but they'll be into it kind of like twelve months after the inner city snobs have said oh well we don't want this anymore so yeah like to 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 give uh, an example as far as kind of like television is concerned kath and kim are the suburbanites kath right? and kim is a, yeah i really can't stand kath and kim i have to admit uh, I, I know a lot of people who really adore it but do, do you want to explain kath and kim i wish I, I i'm not sure i know it well enough but from from what i can tell kath and kim is about a mother and daughter living in suburban Australia, and they are um, uh, constantly bickering at each other, basically. And, and, and each of them thinks they know what the world is about. But the, the, the joke of the series is that both of them are so incredibly naive just in their own way. And they live in this little bubble. In, in this house. little bubble. And, the, and they, they just don't understand the outside world. Yeah, and like they have this house that has got like, you know, cable television coming in. It's got a big screen TV. They've got all the modern amenities yeah. as they see them. And they have very little to do with the neighbors. And they just jump in the car and they drive to the shopping town. And it's, it's really... Kath and Kim's funny, but it's quite scary. In it's very cynical as to what it does with with that uh, style of life. So that's the third group, okay? The suburbanized Australian, and the final group is the country Australian. Now, this is what I was expecting when I first landed in Sydney, and I heard my boss's accent, and I went, "Right, I must be in Australia because I can't understand what any of them are talking about." And this is probably like the country Australian would be, I'd say. Uh, I'd guess maybe 10% of the Australian population, right, would be country Australian. Hmm. Yeah, and they have a a particular accent as well too, a country Australian accent. I always feel like an idiot when I go and visit my girlfriend's family because every every second thing someone says to me, I have to say, excuse me, what What was that? I, I feel like I have a hearing problem, or at least maybe they think I have a hearing problem because I'm constantly asking people to repeat things for me. I feel like an idiot because I just can't understand them. Yeah, no, no. It's look, it's true. Like there is kind of like a kind of a broad Australian accent, and you'll notice it more in the country. Uh, but there is even between like the city Australian and like the inner city Australian and the suburbanite Australian. There's a bit of an accent there mm. as well too. But it's it's nowhere as extreme as somewhere, let's say, like uh, places in America, for example, where you've got like the Southern accent and a New York accent. It's not as obvious as that, but the, it is there nonetheless. Mm, yeah. uh, but the country Australian, which is what we're talking about, they're the ones that you typically will see cliched on um, 
movies about Australia. Right. They're, they're yes, exactly. They're the one, they're the ones that are torn Australian. Right? Yeah, they're Australian. Yeah. So like that's that's the as I say, they're only probably about ten percent of the population. They're the country living Australians. They're the ones that are actually the most widespread geographically. Yeah. But the thing is, ninety percent of the Australian population lives in big, like five of the. And that's cities. why I live in inner city Melbourne because I can understand most of what people say, and I can, you know, feel more important than everyone else because I play with my cell phone and I drink my expensive coffee, and that's yeah. why I live where I live. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, <laughs> I'm here to admit it. Yes. Yes. And like the, the just to to finish up on the country Australians, they're. Um, they're generally kind of considered to be into politics that's a bit nationalistic and slightly right wing, but not okay. not, not right wing as in Nazi, but very patriotic. Uh, very patriotic, okay. Um, Insular. They 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 they, they like their country music, mm-hmm. um, and they're also quite into um, the Ute. Have you heard of the Ute? Kevin? I have heard of the Ute. We could do a whole episode on the yeah, Ute. The, the Ute. flatbed truck. Yeah, but it's but it's it's. It's not a like a truck. It's not really a truck. What it is is you take a, a sedan yeah. and you turn it into uh, you leave the front bit of it. Yeah, you take same. you chop the you chop a sedan in half and you replace the back of it with this flatbed tray that looks like it's just been tacked on there as an afterthought. But in fact, these vehicles are designed this way. Yeah, and it stands for utility. So the front of it is just like a conventional car. Yeah. The back of it is essentially like a truck. But it's, it's for not... carrying your sheepdogs around. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, but it's not big like a truck, as in, you know, it's kind of like maybe twice the height or something. It's it's the same height as a normal car. And then mm. this is a ute, and it stands for utility, short mm. for utility. Yeah. So these guys will drive utes quite often, and that's the, the, the big car there. So... To, just to go through the classifications, um, I, and I think it's probably good to do the classifications with cars. I think it's probably a good way to do it. The first one is the beach. The beach. Okay. The beach. They're quite often they will drive what's called panel vans, and panel vans yep. are combi essentially van. yeah combi vans or panel vans. And a panel van, um, I don't know if this is an Australian term, but essentially it's a van that's um, that the back's closed off and you can put your surfboard into it. Mm. All right? So they'll drive the panel vans, and they're, and they're also quite often into kind of vintage cars, like cars from the 60s and that. The city Australian, he will be driving a four-wheel drive, and it will go nowhere near the countryside, <laughs> okay, or, or an SUV or something like that, or some sort of European kind of sports car. Yeah. The suburban Australian will drive one of two Anglo-Saxon cars. He will either drive a Ford, mm-hmm. all right, or he'll drive a Holden, which is basically the Australian version of Ford. Yeah. You think Ford. A Holden Commodore. A Holden Commodore. So that he yeah. got for his first wedding anniversary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have the country Australian that will legitimately drive a four-wheel drive. Yeah, or, they'll really or, use it. Or more likely will have a, a use. All right. So they're, they're your, your, your four classifications. Very broad and very general. So if you're coming to Australia, see if you can spot all four. Yes. Uh, so, and if you haven't seen all four, you really just haven't seen all that Australia has to offer. No, no, no. And I think I might try and get like a photograph of each one of these things and <laughs> each one of these cars because... Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to take pictures of, <laughs> people. of Australian people. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of gray, like gray out their faces yeah. to protect the innocent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the extended segment, the four Australian tribes. Yeah. So there you are, Kevin. Thank you. I think that'll provide some... Valuable foundation for future episodes. Yes, yes, food for thought. Look, I, I think we've 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 said enough now.
Thank you for joining us once again on the Lost Outback podcast. Visit us at lostoutback.com. Leave us your questions and comments on our blog or email us at podcast at lostoutback.com. We'd like to thank the Podsafe Music Network for music used in this show. And as always, the Lost Outback podcast is licensed under Creative Commons 2.0. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.